Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. I, uh, I was speaking some weeks back, talking about prophetic ministry and helping us get a better understanding and a, and a grasp, if you like, on how we should be um, living and, um, and walking in, in prophetic. And this comes back to the book of Acts chapter 2. And a uh, few weeks' time, we're going to be celebrating Pentecost. We're going to remember what happened on the day of Pentecost. But on Acts chapter 2 and verse 17... Peter is quoting from the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So I'll pour out my spirit on some flesh. All flesh, okay? And my sons and my daughters will prophesy, okay? So Peter, he's quoting the prophet Joel, and he says, hey guys, what you've seen here on this day of Pentecost, this is that. Pouring out my spirit, everyone prophesying. Sons and daughters prophesying. So if you're part of the family of God, prophecy is part of the deal. In that same sermon on the day of Pentecost, later on, when the people are saying, like, what must we do to be saved? He says, repent, be baptized, all right, and be filled with the Spirit. Then he goes on to qualify, and he says, this is for you and for your children and for all who are far off whom the Lord our God will call. That is Peter saying, this is for you and your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and your children's 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 children, all who are far, all through the generations, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's kind of like, that's everybody. If you are called... This thing of repent, be baptized in water, and be filled with the Spirit, which are separate things, it's for all of us. This didn't stop at the end of the first century. Peter is saying this. Okay, I thought there would be at least five more hallelujahs, like, whoo, this, yes, of course, that's an, I mean, yay, yeah, of course it is. All right. So, if we are the sons and daughters, which we are, we're part of those who are far off, who he's called, we be called ones. He's called us out of darkness into light. We're the called ones. Amen. Called into relationship and fellowship with him. He's given us of the spirit so we can hear his voice. And when we hear his voice, we can speak and encourage others. That's prophesying. And with this whole thing of prophesying, we need to know, because this is a powerful 
spiritual tool, so to speak, we've got to know how to handle this thing correctly. See, once upon a twice, when I was much younger, I was trained in using automatic weapons. And on the shooting range, there were certain rules that applied. And if you didn't follow the rules, because those automatic weapons were dangerous weapons. And we had some people who weren't thinking clearly. And they would say, officer, there's something wrong. And they would turn around with their weapon fully loaded as they're trying to figure out why it's not working. Hmm. They call it friendly fire. There's nothing friendly about it at all. Okay? In other words, when you've got a powerful weapon or tool, you need to know how to use it correctly. Because it can be extremely effective and efficient when used in the proper circumstance, in the proper way. But it can be destructive when it's used incorrectly. And prophecy, if you don't use it correctly, it can become destructive. Which is why a lot of people kind of, no, we're not doing that here. No, it makes too much mess. Yeah. And especially if you've got the person leading that gathering of God's people, call it a church, if they are very pastoral in nature, they want everybody to be comfortable and happy. No mess. No, no, we don't do that yet. Mm -mm, we don't, we, it makes too much mess. Right? And some of you would have had experience in certain kinds of church gatherings where it's kind of like, mm -mm, we don't allow this. It just makes too much mess. These weapons, they are dangerous. Yeah, we've had some people injured because people didn't know what they were doing. We had a bit of friendly fire going on because some people are injured. They're still walking around with scars. So we don't do that anymore. So no, 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 no. You see, First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, do not treat prophecies with contempt. In other words, like, oh, we don't do it. But test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. It's like, hey, this thing is valuable, powerful. Don't treat it with disdain or contempt. Now, as you do that, you've got two massive guidelines. With the flow of the prophetic, there's some good and there's some bad. And we need discernment to distinguish between what is good and what is bad. Because, surprise, surprise, Prophetic words come through people. Look, occasionally it'll come through a donkey. Right? I mean, we've also heard that if you silent, the rocks will cry out. Okay? But by and large, prophetic words, prophetic ministry is going to come through people. And people are, well, people. And there's a mixture in us, right? We're... We're on a journey with the Lord. And so sometimes some of our 
Some of us gets onto the word or into the word. And so we need to take a look at the word and kind of like, okay, which of, that, which of that part is from the Lord that I must hold on to? And which of the parts actually, not really, it's a bit of padding or it's a bit of enhancing because the person giving the word wanted to, you know, make it feel or look a bit bigger or better because you'll think better of me if I give you a better word. Come on, that's a massive pressure that we as the body of Christ put onto even people who are really strong, gifted in prophetic ministry. Put pressure on them, give me a good word. Give me a powerful word. Give me a word, give me a word. And the pressure that we as the body of Christ put on those who are in that role of prophet is an inordinate pressure. We should not do it. We become enablers of them going skew by putting that pressure on them. Come on, we saw that last week. You were here last week? Thank you for coming. It says in Jeremiah, you caused them to have dreams. You caused them. You put pressure on the prophets to speak things that I didn't give them. It's kind of like, hey, this is on us, people. Let us not put undue pressure on prophetic ministry. Now, you're not now, but I'm telling you, the next time a prophetic ministry comes, that's when you need to put it into practice. Okay. Because I know, it's like, pick me, pick me. I want a word, I want a word. I wear a bright shirt so they can see me. I know your I know your tricks. I know your tricks. Okay. So as we hold on to the good and we flush, literally, come on. Get rid of the bad, the evil. It's gonna be destructive. That's the whole point of it. It's evil. It, it, it'll be destructive in your life. Even if it's enticing, if it's not from the Lord, it'll turn out to be destructive. So flush it. Precious. My precious. So No, no, no. It'll be destructive. Get rid of that thing. Yeah? So... We've covered, it was many moons ago, but we were looking at some of the ways in which we should step into discernment to be able to weigh, judge, and test prophetic words. So let's do a quick recap. Number one, we said, process prophetic words with your leaders. And primarily, we are in community connect groups. Thank you. Three of you, any board, any more? Okay, this is us. We, as the Breakthrough family, we, if you're in the family, you're in a community connect group. That's it. That's how you're in the family. All right? And so, primarily, you're walking out your prophetic words with your community connect group leader. This is good. 
Yeah. We're not walking it out with a leader that we had 20 years ago. Because they're not leading you now. They're not accountable for you now. They might have been an amazing hero from the past, but you actually are walking a relationship with somebody now. And you walk it out and you test it with somebody in the now who knows you in the now. Okay, fantastic. All right. Next, number two, prophetic words must align with the word of God. Yeah, it's the eternal word. He is the living word. He is the revelation of the Father, the Son, obviously, and the Spirit. And so prophetic words which come from God must align with what he's already revealed. So it's not going to be an instruction that's contrary to what's already laid out in Scripture. Now we know that he's bigger than the book. And this is where a lot of people get like absolutely kind of like, oh, the Reformation, sola scriptura. No, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that all about? That was because the Pope's word was considered as authoritative as the scriptures. And the Reformation said no to the Pope, only the scriptures. That's what it means, sola scriptura. Well, it's got to be in the Bible, otherwise. Listen, the eternal, infinite God cannot fit into finite pages. Do not reduce the king of the universe to just a few pages in the book. He's bigger than the book. There are mysteries, there's all kinds of things that we still don't even understand about who he is. There's much more. Jesus said, come on, Jesus himself, like it's in red, clue. There is so much more I want to teach you. These are the 12. He's about to lose one, but this is the 12. He's been with them for three and a half years. He's had a lot of time to say a lot of things to these guys. He says, there's so much more I want to share, teach, but you guys are not even ready for it yet. But when he, the paracletos, another one just like me, the spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. Why did Jesus say there is so much more, but when he comes, means he's going to bring the more. So when you misunderstand sola scriptura, what you're doing is you're saying, listen, only what was said 2,000 years ago, and that's the limit. God, you may not speak anymore. Although God is a speaking God, you've actually just kind of put him on mute. Ah, put it on mute. Just like that. No, he's a speaking God and he's going to continue to speak. Man shall not live by bread alone, but that proceeded historically or that proceeds continuous, continual action. There's a study for you. Does this make sense? All right. 
But whatever we hear from God, whatever prophetic word comes, it will line up with what he's already revealed. He's revealed enough for us to know this is going to be in or that's going to be out. Must align with the word. Number three, whatever we get in terms of prophetic ministry, it must align with the nature, the character, and the commands of God. So the fruit of the Spirit is, in essence, the visible qualities of the invisible God. So the fruit. What kind of a tree is this? Oh, by its fruit, you will know the tree. So the fruit tells you, oh, this is an apple tree. A pear. An avocado pear. All right? So sometimes you wait to see what's the fruit to be able to determine. So you look at the fruit, and the fruit of the Spirit shows us the root nature, the essence of who God is. And we're supposed to become like Him, Christ like. So that's why the more of the fruit of the Spirit needs to be in us because it's revealing, it's aligning, it's congruent. With the very nature, character, essence of God. Amen. Amen. So does the prophetic word, does it have, if you like, the fingerprints of God? Does it have the fruit? Does it, I mean, does, it just feels like him. Amen. Peace, joy, love, yeah. courage, forgiveness, long-suffering, perseverance. All right. Next, number four. Does the prophetic word witness with our spirit? And does our spirit witness with the Holy Spirit? In other words, there's a witness in our spirit with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So you just kind of like sense, much like we just said there with the fruit. It's like, you know what? It's just like, yeah, I just feel peace in my spirit. I'm not figuring it out with my mind. But in my spirit, I just know this is God. Why? I sense his peace. I sense his joy. I sense courage and boldness. This is the most ridiculous, impossible word. But I've got such a boldness and a faith that's been released into me through this word. I know it's God. Amen. It's like, it's very different from, man, this is such a big word. And it's like, oh, I never know how to do this thing. I feel crushed by it. Well, maybe that's not a word. Because the Lord is not releasing the faith that you need for that word to actually come about. So faith is absent, well then maybe it's not a word. Hmm, Make sense? Further to that, how does it make you feel in the spirit? Not feel in your emotions, but we're talking the witness in the spirit. How do you feel in the spirit? Do you feel like anxious, condemned, overwhelmed, like useless, uh, do, do, do you feel like you're a failure through that word? Or do you feel like, wow, inspired, 
encouraged. Like, whew, man, this is amazing. I've, now I know what my life is about. I know what I need to be doing. Because, hint, hint, we're heading to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which is where this little mini-series started, and I haven't even got to that verse yet. Because prophetic words should be to strengthen, to build up, to edify, to encourage, to comfort, to exhort. So does the word actually do that? I, I feel strong on the inside. By the spirit, that's what I'm feeling. It's not what my emotions are feeling, what I'm feeling after the spirit. Does this make sense? So this is one of the ways in which we we test, is this from the Lord or this isn't? Like if I'm feeling condemned, like you useless, it's like, no, that's not from the Lord. The enemy is the one who heaps condemnation. The spirit brings conviction. It's a different thing. I'm convicted to shift and turn away, which is repentance, so that I might move in a godly direction. I have a conviction to change and to move. That's the spirit. Condemnation is kind of like, oh, let me find a little hole and hide, and oh, I'm useless, and God will never use me. And No, that's the enemy wants you to be a worm. The Spirit says, don't you know that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? Amen. You've got a lion on the inside. Amen. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, come on, we can do this. Number five, does the word fall within the scope of two things? Firstly, does it fall within the scope of making him famous? Like, is the emphasis on Jesus, he's the rock star, or is the emphasis on you, you the rock star? If it's puffing you up and you're the most amazing person since sliced bread, and that's been around for a while, it's like, if you're the most amazing, like, whoa, hang on, wait a minute, what is this thing doing on the inside of me? This is actually having a bad effect on me. It's amazing, you know, like I've watched so many people get like totally taken off track. They get a prophetic word. Like, the Lord, thus saith the Lord. It's amazing, like it's always got to have a change of voice. Like, why? <laughs> Maybe even talk King James English. Like, what? No, man. You know, the Lord's called you. You're going to be the next Reinhard Bonke. It's kind of like, Really? How, much, how many Reinhardt bonkies do we need? This is be popping up all over the place. Yeah? You're going to be the next Jen Johnson. Really? How many Jen Johnsons do we need? Just one. Yeah? You're going to be the next Smith Wigglesworth. Really? Are you a plumber? You're going to be the next. No, you're going to be you. And often when that thing comes, the prophetic word like, I'm going to be a somebody. Man of God. Going to have a reserved parking spot for me out there. Front row seat. Then they'll know. 
They will know. Yeah. And pride. Becomes a snare. Hey, would you serve in the ministry? No, 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 no. Yeah, I just need platform ministry. Can, can you just do this? No, 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 no. I'm called for greater things. No, man. Off to supper. Took off the outer robe, put on a towel, and he got down on his knees and he wiped the dung and the dust off their feet. Knowing who he was, where he'd come from, and where he was going, in his full identity, he got down and washed their feet. Come on. We can still wash toilets. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We can still serve tea. Yeah. Help people park their cars. I don't know why people don't know how, but anyway, could help people park their cars. <laughs> we can still look after the little ones. Just like, hey, I don't have to be a rock star. It's like, you know, there's only one microphone here at a time. It's like, why on earth did we think everything was about the microphone? It's completely bamboozled the body of Christ into thinking that only somebody on a platform is important in the body of Christ. No, 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 no. The Reformation, again, 500 years ago, it helped us to break that thing down. You know, you had the priest. He was the go-between, the mediator between God and man. It was done away with. We don't have to go through somebody. We have direct access to the throne of grace in a time of need. We don't have to go through it. The pastor's prayers are not more important or more powerful than your prayers. Prayers of a righteous man are effective. Are you righteous? Not in your own righteousness, in his righteousness. Are you righteous? Then your prayers are effective. Oh, I need the pastor to let Nonsense, man. You have so distracted me. Time is nearly gone and I haven't even started. Does the scope of the prophetic word make us more, make him more famous? All right. And does it make us more like him? Because the prophetic words are to shape us in our journey of serving him and loving him. And, and too often we've reduced prophetic ministry into kind of like, hey, tell me my fortune. 
And we've reduced prophetic ministry to, to Christian fortune telling. Like, who am I going to marry? How much money am I going to make? What career? What city? It's like, tell me some good news. No, no, no. Prophetic ministry is to help us walk in righteousness and in truth and in love and in goodness and kindness and His mercy. That we might leave the former things behind and we might go into the mature things. So here comes the new part. Have a cup. Can I have a few more minutes? Would that be all right? I tell you what, special dispensation. I'll give you tomorrow off. If you can give me a couple more minutes, I'll give you tomorrow off. Is that okay? Okay, take the day off. Okay. As we weighing, judging, and testing, number six, assess the motives of the person bringing the message. Like, are they trying to manipulate you? To come under their covering. Like I'm, I'll be your mentor. And so they, the word puts you in a place of subservient relationship. Like you have to depend on them. Because they're the prophetic voice in your life. And without them in your life, you won't know what to do. So any prophetic word that puts you down and into somebody else's debt... It's kind of like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. How about this thing? Um, if they prophesy money out of your wallet and into theirs, use prophetic ministry to gain financial advantage from you to them. Hmm? So any strings attached that come, assess the motives of the person bringing the message. Listen, I don't have to tell you We've covered this before, but the most obvious of them was like, the Lord says you must divorce your spouse and marry me. It's like, oh, well, that's absolutely ridiculous, of course. You would be surprised at how many people fell for that one. Literally fell for that one. Okay, what's the motive of the person? Like, you need me in your life. I'm the great prophet. Mm-mm. Number seven. What's the history or the track record of the person giving the prophecy? Yeah? Listen, if they're newbie, still got the training wheels on, it's like, you know what? They're practicing. Like, hold it lightly. It's like, yeah, maybe. If somebody has got a long history and a track record... And not only that, but they are consistent. They've developed a ministry, if you like, in a local church where the local leadership knows them and authenticates and vouches for their marriage and their finances and their doctrine and their approach. Listen, if you're a fly-by-night, wannabe, floating, itinerant prophet, keep on floating by. Because you're using an Old Covenant, Old Testament model of prophetic ministry, not a New Testament, New Covenant model, where in the church, God has given these gifts. 
in the body, to the body, for the body, and they're anchored into the local church. Take a look at the church of Antioch, the church of Ephesus, the church of Jerusalem. Look at it in the book of Acts. See how prophetic ministry was anchored into, aligned with local church. Even Paul, when he was doing his missionary journeys, he would always come back to Antioch or to Jerusalem and give feedback, report back, and hang there, stay there for a while before going off again. He was not just, hey, I'm just going to do my own thing. No, he realized that he was a sent one. He was sent from somewhere to go. There was this accountability. So even trusted prophetic ministry must be anchored in local church. I was just watching something recently, yesterday. Prophetic guy. Off with his new bride. It's kind of like, what happened to your wife? It's kind of like, mm-mm, man, that's not how it should be. And the track record, like, if they're always prophesying a million rand to everybody... Really? We're all going to get a million? Is this Oprah? You get a million and you get a million and you get a million. Like, everybody's getting a promotion at work. Really? Everybody's having another baby? Okay, we're done. We're done. It's like, what's the... Is there something that they always pull up the same prophetic word instead of hearing fresh? What's the track record? It's like, man, if everybody's having a baby, mm, not sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, way judged. Number eight, is this a revelation from the second heaven or the third heaven? What do I mean by this? I'm glad you asked. First heaven is the sky, the heavens above. The second heaven is what we call the celestial heaven. The stars, the sun, the moon, up there, second heaven. Third heaven, okay, is the place of his dwelling. Paul says, I knew a man, that's not you in talking about himself. I knew a man who was caught up in the third heaven. And was given and shown revealed mysteries. Okay? It's the highest heaven, the third heaven, that's where God lives. Okay? Satan doesn't live there. He's not running around knocking around people's scrolls and nonsense. He's in the second heaven. He was kicked out of the third heaven. And in the second heaven, there's, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's taking place in the second heaven, that realm. And if somebody's always prophesying the devil's plans, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, if the prophetic words are always about destruction, probably they're linking into second heaven. Whereas God is in the third heaven, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He scoffs at the plans of the enemy. He's not upset, he's not like worried, he's not panicked, whatever. So when a, when a, when a somebody, and listen guys, gosh, WhatsApp, 
really helps you with your discernment practice. Okay? And please, practice. Like, I'm calling everybody. This is urgent. It's got to be now. Every Christian must. If you don't, we're going to lose the fight. I need every Christian. You must. Because the devil is winning. Really? Really? Nah, come on, people. The Lord will deliver whether by many or by few. Every Christian must, otherwise we're going to lose the battle. Really? Come on, I've got a bigger God than that. And the devil's doing this and the devil's doing... Really? Why are you so taken up with what the devil's doing? Why don't we just find out what God says? I think I've said enough that if you listen to those WhatsApp messages, you know who I'm talking about. Test everything. Okay. Number nine. I lost a few friends there. Sorry. God bless. Thank you. Nice knowing you. Number nine. Can you walk it out in community? Does the word cause you to be better connected with your brothers and sisters? Or does it cause you to detach it's like well I got the prophetic word you know I don't need to go to connect group anymore I'm going to be famous come on remember chapter 12 chapter 13 chapter 14 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about spiritual gifts I don't want you to be ignorant these are given for the common good The common good. Now let me tell you about the arm and the leg and the eye and the ear. And I don't need you. No, 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 no. We need each other. It is the body. Every single one of us, we have different functions. Now in the body, he's given all these things. Now let me tell you the excellent way as you practice these spiritual things, love. If you don't have love, you can do all these amazing things, but it'll be nothing unless you have love. Alright, now, faith, hope, and love, these three things remain. Now let's pursue, eagerly pursue spiritual things, especially prophecy. Okay, so what's the context? The family, the body, connection. So can you walk the word out with your brothers and sisters? Or does the word cause you? I don't need you anymore. It's just me and Jesus. Problem, problem, problem. And, by the way, in this walking it out in community, remember we weigh, we judge, we test. So Corinthians says, you know, one, one should speak and two, three prophets should weigh, judge. And so we've got prophetic people in our lives, in this body, and in our connect group that we're weighing, judging, and testing. We're not bringing it to the connect group And say, hey, let's have a vote. What do you think about my word? This is not a democracy. Listen, when the people of God took a big decision by democracy, it cost them 40 years in the wilderness. Ten spies, two spies, the ten win. There you go, democracy rules, 40 years. No, 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 no. 
Weighing, judging, testing is not about like, hey, what do you think? What do you, what do you, anybody, anybody else got another opinion? No. That's not how it is. I'm mindful of time, so let's just, last one. Is this word, number 10, is this word a confirmation of what God has spoken before? So has he spoken things to you in the secret place? And then there's confirmation that comes. This is especially important if God says something and it's like, I didn't, never saw that one. Like Gideon. Like he's just doing his own stuff, threshing wheat in the wine press. And the angel says, dude, let's do it. He says, what, who, me? He says, I need confirmation. Gets a fleece, puts it out, and like, hey, let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. Confirmation. And she's like, you know what, actually I want another confirmation. Then he says, okay, let's turn this thing around. Like the exact opposite. In other words, we, we, it's like this wasn't just coincidence. This is miraculous. Okay. So when a word comes, look for confirmation. And especially when it's like one of these like, oh, wee. Completely changed, like. All of a sudden, we're packing up and we're moving to another country. It's like, whoa, go slowly, go slowly, carefully on that one. I've done it. Immigrated one way and immigrated back. Just with suitcases. Believe me, you lose a lot. You've got to know that this is the Lord. And I was doing it with a word, and with an entire company of people saying, yes, this is God, sending and coming back. So, even when it is the Lord, it's still going to be costly. How much more difficult when it's not the Lord than you're going on your own? You might find yourself like Jonah, overboard. Okay. So, get confirmation. Flight, flight, my story is eight. Okay. The Lord is a speaking God. Maybe you understand. The Lord is a speaking God. He still speaks today. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through Spirit. He speaks to us through dreams, through visions through one another all kinds of things he can speak through nature so many different ways he can speak but when he speaks value don't treat it with contempt but weigh judge test hold on to the good flush the rest when we do these things we will be strengthened built up encouraged Comforted 
and who will thrust us further towards the purposes of God in and through our lives. This is a powerful tool. But we just need to make sure it's pointing in the right direction and not doing any damage. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can hear your voice, that we're your children, we belong to you, that you speak clearly, and that you help us to discern what is of you, what is of the flesh, and what is of the devil. What is a distraction, and what is life that we might live, truly live. So help us with this, Lord. We thank you that you're causing us as a people to grow up more and more, to become more mature in walking in these things. Thank you that you found us faithful with little. Now, Lord, as we steward this, would you cause an increase in this area to come into our lives individually and corporately? Thank you, Lord. So let peace, love, joy, provision, protection be our portion today and in the days that lie ahead. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Just want to say thank you, everybody, for joining us online as well. Hope you have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us here. We're not going to do ministry at the front, so you can just love on each other downstairs over coffee, whatever it is. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Take care.